Hello and welcome to Recovery Survey, the podcast where we survey recovering addicts with different backgrounds and different links of clean time and ask them questions about different recovery topics. I'm joined today by a special guest, Bobby C. He has 36 years of experience. He's here to share with us a little bit about his journey in recovery and going beyond the known. Thanks for joining us, Bobby. All right, Brett. Thank you for having me on uh, the new podcast that you just developed, which is unbelievable, Recovery Survey Podcast. I really appreciate that, uh, what you're doing and, and been doing and continue doing. Before I even start, I'd like to uh, just say my sobriety date is February 27th, 1984. And I'm not saying that to brag about anything. I'm just saying that I've been in recovery for 36 years, and that's my experience, 36 years of experience. And that's good experience and not so good experience. So I believe time is just experience. I believe, you know, we all have the same time. And I believe that time is right now. I like to, you know, I like to just do a little shout out to my two daughters, Dina, Danette, my grandkids, starting from the oldest, Ariana, Francesca, Ezra, Erica, Emerson, you know, and especially to my wife, because my story started out young, like everybody, probably a lot of people. And fifth grade, I looked it up the other day, fifth grade. I mean, I was like 11 years old, packing, getting uh, my lucky strokes out of my dad's pack of cigarettes and starting smoking cigarettes. I remember I moved from one town to another and I was in, I went into fifth grade half the year over this other town. And it was like fifth, sixth grade, we started to drink some wine. And I remember I was drinking that stuff and I got sick and started throwing up. And that was the beginning of uh, my career. It just continued. After that, it would be going to each other's houses and taking some whiskey, holding my nose and drinking it and getting sick again. I mean, it didn't make sense. But then it got to where I was starting to drink beer. The beer kind of like mellowed you out, and it kind of was a little little nicer buzz, a little nicer high. You know, it started out like that and just continued. And like they say, you know, the pages just keep on going on. You know, I could, I could just continue with the, with the stories of, uh, of drinking and drugging over and over, pages after pages, but they always got worse. They never got better. And finally, I'll tell you how I got into the rooms because we don't have much time because I want to get into a lot of stuff that has to do with my beliefs today. Because actually, I've been in recovery longer than I drank and drugged. I like to talk about when I came into the rooms, which everybody around me was calling me. I had a problem. Everybody else knew I had a problem. And I, you know what? I knew I had a problem. I used to go into bars and sit, and I used to say, yeah, I have a problem. You know, every time I drank, I wanted more. And once I took a drink, the drink took me or the drug took me took me to places where I didn't want to go, but guess what? I was there. My wife got tired of that after years and years and years and years. She met somebody in Al-Anon, this Al-Anon friend of hers. She was going to meetings. 
And I knew, I had a feeling, a fear, real bad fear, that she was going to leave me for the third time. And she had this power that I'd seen that she didn't have before. You know, it was very fearful, threatening. And she asked me one day, this is after years of, you know, when I got married and having my kids and not, you know, promising things and never being there for my family, you know, you know, finding myself underneath a, a, a trailer with all throw up on my body, waking up and getting arrested and put in jail for a night and then coming out of it and have to go back with that remorse and shame and go back into the house and with my tail between my legs. That was over and over and over and over and over again. You know, things never changed. They just got worse. My wife said to me one time, she she came to me and she said, you know what? I have a friend. Her husband is in, goes to this AA program. And back then, 36 years ago, I didn't even know what a rehab was. I, I, I didn't know what a rehab was. I knew that a friend of mine's dad was in AA, Alcoholics Anonymous. And he had like, back then he had like 20 years. And that's the only thing I knew. I believe this was my spiritual, one of my spiritual awakenings. This was one of them. And looking back, I can only see it by looking back. I could never see it right there in front of me. I said, yes. And when I said yes, stuff happened. And this guy came over and knocked on my door and he told me a story. And he was a, he was a heroin shooting, pharmacy robbing, Jack Daniels drinking, construction worker with a big, nice beard. Big guy came into my house, and but what he did was he became a friend of mine, and that's where it all started. A person, another human being, came in and said, you know what, I'll be your friend, and I'll give you a little guidance and help you. He didn't even say that, but that's what he did. Today, I'm still a friend of his. I guess one of the questions that I would have, because I don't have near as much time as you, but how do you stay on fire, or how do you stay motivated to keep putting the work in and and being active in your program and how do you keep that going after 36 years? Good question, Brett. Very good question. Now I'm going to go to one of Eckhart Tolle's good sayings. He believes in the now, you know, he wrote two nice books, the power of now and the new earth. And I believe in this now thing. How am I doing it? I'm doing it right now by Mm -hmm. connecting with you. This is why I believe these podcasts and your podcast in particular, you're on the ground floor of something. You just started something up. That's how you're on fire. I'm on fire, but you're lighting me up. You know, it's like, that's how I ignite it. I seek it. I search it. And that's what I did with you. I seek you out and I search you. And guess what? We came together. Whoever thought we were going to come together and do this? I never did. Mm -hmm. A lot of it for me is helping the newcomer, seeing that person that's in that same kind of situation, that's feeling that same desperation that I had when I first came in and being able to be the person that I was looking up to when I came in and be able to to give some simple answers, just, hey, don't pick up, come back tomorrow, you know, give them a hug, let them know that the feelings that they're feeling aren't going to kill them they can make it through it, that if I can do it, you can do it. That answer makes a lot of sense to me. It's staying connected and being there for the next person that comes through the door. Exactly. You hit it right on the head. And the coolest thing about this is 
like me getting back to saying that we all have the same time, which is now. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm getting back to some of my statement that I made earlier. So we all have the same time as is right now. So in essence, there is no beginner or one that has middle time, 10 years, 15. We have experiences. So we have all these experiences. And what I'm finding out today is like the younger guys in this recovery world, they're bringing to the older guys a new enlightenment, a new gift, because they're expanding their consciousness. And just to mention a shout out to uh, Freddie, I tweeted out the for everybody to listen to that, listen to you and Freddie, because Freddie, here's a guy with four years on fire. Talk about fire. He's on fire. And he's, he's kind of on the same page as I am today. Because where I am today is I evolved from where I was. I couldn't be where I am if I didn't evolve. And I was lucky. Some of the things that I, I'm about to say, I have to have a disclaimer because what I say is my opinion, my belief, my conscious awareness, my reality, from my experience over the 36 years of my life journey, which people call recovery. And I really believe what I'm in recovery from today is altogether different. I believe I'm recovered from alcohol and drug addiction today. Today I'm recovering from life actually, of myself, what I've been told and what I accepted from some beliefs, some opinions, and some ideas of myself. So I'm going to stay in recovery from that. I'm evolving. They say rebellion was a bad thing in the book, you know, in the big book, in the step books, they talk about being a rebellious person. And I've studied these big books and these step books for years and years and years and going through them several times with different sponsors and I'll tell you what I did in the beginning. I believe that's where I am today, why I am today, is because I journeyed out. I journeyed beyond AA. I experienced new things, different spiritual books, different practices. You know, in the beginning, I went to ACOA. I went to CODA meetings. I went to different types of men's meetings, Iron John meetings, different spiritual groups. I did, I did one-on-one with therapist and group therapy, I expanded out. I changed always. I was always evolving. I believe personally for me now, personalities, what they call principles before personalities. What I say, I'm not trying to encourage anybody to do what I do. I encourage everybody to do their own thing. I respect everybody else's thing, whatever they're doing, whatever modality they decide or whatever, if they're religious, if they believe in Jesus, if they believe in God, if they're atheist, agnostic, whatever, if they're no sect, you know, if they don't like dogma, if they like the 12 steps, don't like the 12 steps, like smart recovery, if they like dharma, refuge, life ring. I respect wherever they're going, you know, today, because I know there is no one way. There's many paths to the same destination. I don't care if you call a power greater than me, but you know what? I found out that I'm part of this power. I'm not separate from it. I am part of this power of energy. Me and you're talking, me and you're having a conversation. You started a podcast. I'm on it. Two makes the power greater for our listeners. I'll tell you, if it wasn't for you, the power would be lost. 
I'd have all this shit in my head going around, spinning around, right? You connect with me, I connect with you. We create a, a greater power. And we'll be able to pass that power on to somebody else. And when they connect and they're learning and they come on, three is greater than two. You know, so I, I was lucky in the beginning. My sponsor wasn't a big book thumper and he wasn't somebody that demanded things on me. He became a friend and we used to travel to different meetings. We used to go to bookers meetings and set up schedules and go to different meetings and different speakers meetings and different hospitals and different things. But we traveled with a bunch of guys and we had fun. Here recently, I've been learning a lot about different paths, like you were talking about different paths to that same destination. I think it's a little bit of open-mindedness and also just the fact that I didn't know about them. Just starting this podcast and getting to talk to different people I've been learning about, like you were mentioning, SMART and Refuge and some of those other programs that aren't necessarily 12-step based that I I wasn't familiar with. You know, I'm getting to speak with some people that are from those other groups and realizing that there's more than one way to do it. I think I've been a little bit closed-minded myself thinking that the group that I'm a part of is best or it's the only way. And I'm starting to realize that there's a lot of other ways to do it. And I think that in and of itself is powerful to realize, you know, it's just another ego check to let me know that I don't have all the answers and and that it's okay to do things a different way. In the book that I study out of it, it talks about that our ideas are subject to change and revision and we can try new things and figure out what works for us. So for me, you know, I'm starting to look at some of these other things and, and realize that there is more than one way to do this recovery thing. And like you were talking about, we just have today. So as long as I'm not putting anything in my body today, it's a good day. It's a successful day. And it doesn't matter which book I'm reading out of or which meeting I go to or who I call my higher power. As long as I'm not putting anything in my body and I have a clear mind, it's a successful day and I have a chance to do it again tomorrow. Beautiful. Yeah. I'm on the same page. I would say that's the message to all of us, not a newcomer, not somebody with four years, not somebody with 10 years. When I talk, I'm talking to people with 30 years, 40 years. I don't care if you have 50 years in, it's your choice. If you want to stay where you're at, you like where you're at. That's okay. When I talk, I want the people with time to hear me with 15 years, 20 years that are a little closed minded because, you know, believe it or not, I've been, I've been lucky to experience all these other avenues, but I didn't know nothing about smart, smart, smart recovery has been out for 25 years. I've been going to AA meetings and all these other meetings for so many years. I never heard one person tell me, Hey, try a smart meeting. Refuge has been out for years. Now, you know, I started a Dharma recovery meeting, which is a spinoff, but it's big. I mean, recovery Dharma is huge. Mm -hmm. In the rooms, I'm not hearing too many people. I, I, I almost think that people are afraid to say anything else beyond the AA program. They might say, well, Bobby's bashing AA. But you know what? A lot of these old timers, these big book thumper old timers, Sooner or later, we're all going to be dead. And the new generation is going to be the young people. And what I see happening is that young people, they're not going for labels. 
they don't even like labels anymore. It's like a new trend of consciousness that young people want to expand. You know, they want to become honest, open-minded, and willingness to expand their consciousness into other layers of spirituality or not spirituality, even just other layers beyond belief. I'm going to give a shout out to my friends over AA Beyond Belief, atheist, agnostic, secular. He just started a new podcast, My Secular Sobriety, which I love. They've been around for years and years and years and years. People don't even know how big the secular AA is and how agnostic and atheist AA is huge and still under the umbrella of Alcoholics Anonymous. I'd just like to wrap up by saying to the new person or to the older person or person with 15 years, five years, two years, I don't care how many, how much experience you have, you know, we all have right now. I just hope everybody is comfortable where they're at. If they want some more, then it's there. And if they don't, that's fine too. But it's there. It's out there. I really appreciate your podcast, and I hope we could do this a little more and get together and do something together. We'll keep it a little more simplistic. And I hope everyone out there is stays safe and healthy, and I just wish the best for everyone during this time of trial. And we will get through this, and we'll be able to look back on it. So let's stay positive. Thank you, Brett. If any of our listeners want to get in contact with you, what's the best way to do that? Uh, Bobby Sorella at gmail.com if somebody wants to email me on Twitter uh, Anonymous Addictions Thank you so much for being a part of this Bobby You've given us a lot to think about. If you'd like to get in touch with him, I'll put his contact information in the show notes. Until next time, I've been your host, Brett. Thanks for listening.